The Building Better Business podcast is the best place to learn how to take your business to the next level. It's no longer enough to earn good profits. You need to develop a network of connections as well as use all types of marketing to your advantage that will put you over the edge. Hosted by me, Steve Eschbach, a financial executive with decades of experience in dealing with businesses and business people, we'll learn how this all comes together. Join me and my expert guests as we delve into the many facets of owning the business and how to become a good, caring business owner. Listen how making a difference in your community can attract all sorts of clientele, which in turn will build you a better business. Greetings of the day, everyone. My name is Steve Eschbach. I am a uh, franchise owner here in Naperville, Illinois with Transworld Businesses Advisors, and I'm delighted to have JT Tatum who has got a uh, very interesting career on how he got to be a trans world franchise owner. In fact, he owns two territories. But what I'd like to be able to do is, number one, I've known him for about three or four years. I tell you, the principles he puts forth with the uh, many colleagues that he deals with is perfect. It's excellent. Great learning tutorials to help you be a better business owner. But why don't you briefly, JT, give us a little bit of your background and uh, how you got to be where you are today. Super. Well, Steve, first of all, thank you very much for allowing us to be a part of your podcast and your book and your podcast and, and the endeavors that you're bringing to, uh, to the forefront. Obviously, we kind of share that common, right? We want to help as many business owners in whatever stage there happen to be as much as we possibly can. So it's always good to give back that way. And I appreciate you inviting us to be a part of, of your project. So, you know, you go way back when, what got us here and, and how we, what we are today. So we are Transworld Business Advisors of Upstate South Carolina and Asheville, Western North Carolina. So those are the two offices that you spoke of there. And uh, we have uh, currently uh, seven agents on our team and are looking to grow and expand. And basically, you know, what we do is we, we sell businesses. So if you're looking to sell a business, buy a business, or grow a franchise, then Transworld here in the Upstate and, and Asheville can help. Same thing you would be doing where you are out there. Yeah. So tell me a little bit, and let's let's rewind the video date videotape extensively. Let's go back to your childhood, okay? Sure. So tell yes. me a little bit about your upbringing, your parents, how they had an influence on you. Lead us all the way through your college years, and then we'll get to where you are today. Okay, easy enough. Well, so I grew up a product of the United States Marine Corps, and uh, Semper Fi. Father was a 22-year Marine. And, you know, we grew up uh, moving around a lot. That's one of the things that, that happens in the USMC. In fact, most of the places we lived, we just figured the Marine Corps finds a swamp and they build a base. That's typically how it works. So I've been, uh, by the time I finally got married and settled down, I had lived in 26 different places. And that, that did count a couple of, uh, you know, go away trips to college, et cetera, et cetera. But most of the places that we would move to, we would stay for anywhere from a year to maximum four years, and then you pick up and move again. So how that helps in the long term is you become really good at, at building relationships quickly. The downside is you don't become good at building deep relationships because you're picking up and moving over and over again. So, you know, I think that's helped me with my, from my parents' perspective and my brothers. And today I can walk into a room of full of strangers. And by the time I walk out, I'll have made a lot of acquaintances and people will remember me and I'll remember them. On the downside of not having deep relationships, it's tougher when you're, you know, now you get married and you have a wife and you have kids, et cetera, et cetera, maintaining the depth of the relationship. And that's something that you have to just keep working on all over the course of your life. And a good friend of mine years ago, JJ Prendamano, used to say, hey, JT, remember, learning is never out for the professional. 
And so basically what he was saying is you never stop learning. You can't ever get to the point where you're thinking, all right, man, I'm glad school's over. I've learned everything I need to learn now. You and I both know a little bit further down the, 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 uh, the path of life, Steve, that you never stop. You keep developing. And that's, that's, that's one of the formulas for success I think a lot of people will agree with is uh, keep growing uh, as an individual. So moved around a lot, like I said, as a kid. And went away from uh, that, that military experience at 17. I, I graduated high school and I relocated to South Florida. I attended the Art Institute of Fort Lauderdale. Um, artistic by nature. And, you know, I like to paint, draw and those types of things. So I thought I'd, I'd give my hand at that and uh, get involved with a career, maybe in advertising, design, commercial art, something like that. So went away to college, did that for two years. And um, I guess the, the way I looked at it, my father, when I moved, he said, so you're not going to enlist in the military? And I said, no, sir, I'm not. I've already done 17 years and I don't get a pension. So I'm going off to, to find my own, what do they call it? So your um, seeds? Uh, yeah. yeah. So your seeds are, you know, you're going to, you're going to go out there and live a little, right? So growing up, you know, you folded your, the corners of your bed a certain way. You folded your socks, you shaved your head every, every winter time or summertime. I guess I'm still in that, um, still in that camp today. And um, there were definite disciplines that you learned, okay, that you didn't necessarily, I didn't come to appreciate until much later on in life. And growing up in the military, I just assumed everybody's house was that way. You know, that there was strict disciplinarian. There were ways that you did things. You said, yes, sir, no, sir, please, and thank you. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, et cetera, et cetera. And then you get out into the real world and you realize not everybody comes from that cloth. So I moved to Florida. I got a long, you know, I, I got an earring, grew my hair long, got into all kinds of trouble because it was the first time I was on my own. But I learned a lot of lessons through that as well. And that's where I met my wife and eventually moved back to New England, which is where she's from. We got married, started a family, raised a couple of kids. We have four children and six grandchildren today. But that eventually took me back to New York, which is where most of our family's roots are from, my family's roots are from. And uh, I started working for a sign business there in 1986. And that business is called Signorama today, uh, Speedy Signorama USA back then. And uh, we started one location, Ray Titus, who's a good friend of mine and now is the CEO and owner of United Franchise Group. He sold signs in the first store. I made signs in the first store. That's how the whole thing began. And uh, now 30 some odd years later, we are at uh, uh, seven or 800 locations in 60 countries around the world. And uh, I became the president of the brand for 10 years. And uh, during that time, Signorama then gave birth to United Franchise Group as other franchise brands came under the umbrella. So that was Embroid Me, Billboard Connection, Super Green Solutions, um, a couple of food brands, John Smith Subs, the Great Greek Mediterranean Grill, and of course, Transworld, which you and I are both a part of, which came into the family about 12 years ago. So as you know, Transworld's been around for 41 years this year and um, just started actively franchising about a dozen years or, years or so ago. So about, I guess it was probably five or six years ago, Ray and I were having a conversation, as we often did. Um, you know, it was kind of a great relationship over, over 34 years where I would finish his sentences and he would nag me all the time, kind of like a marriage is how we looked at it. And uh, I said to him about six or seven years ago, listen, I, I've been spending the last 30 years of my life helping other people become successful in owning their own business. And I'd like to do that for myself. And he's always said to me, been very supportive, tell me what you want to do and I'll help you get there. So that's what led us into the conversation of where I would be going in the future, what I would be doing. And I wanted to become a you know, business owner like all those 
3,000 plus business owners that I had helped over that time period. And uh, Transworld was, was, um, was the available opportunity where I wanted to be. And we were going to be relocating to South Carolina. Um, there was already a Sinorama here. I knew the guy running it. He had bought it from his parents. He was not interested in selling it uh, anytime soon, although that would have been the natural you know, progression to take. But I wanted to stay within the, the franchise family because I know the value of the franchise brand, the systems, the support, the training, all those things that go along with it. And so we launched our Transworld uh, Business Advisors Office in Greenville uh, back in uh, 2016. And um, over time, we've expanded. We've taken on more territories. We've added more agents. Our, our goal this year is to end the year with 10 agents on our team. We're up to about seven now. So, But just love helping people. You know, so realistically, as the Sinorama president for years, I've helped people get into business, grow business, sell businesses. And now I'm still able to do exactly the same thing, but I'm just doing it across many, many different industries, not just concentrated on one. So when you were growing up, JT, was any of this in your horizon planning going forward? I know you had a art background. And how do yeah. you go from your art background, you got a degree in art, right? And then you're now helping business owners sell and, and yeah. up a qualified bar. How does that transition yeah. come about? Great question. So, you know, the art background, if anything, that helped me in the um in the signorama side of things because you know in signs and graphics you're making you know for lack of a better word art displays messaging okay something that's going to appeal to the eye etc cetera, etc cetera. so was i able to bring some of that experience into the sign and graphics side of things in the signorama stores many of the franchisees we we, we eventually uh, brought into the system would all tell you i tell you 80 90 percent of them would say i can't even draw a stick figure okay let alone how am I going to be a great sign person? And the, the beauty of the, the system there was you didn't have to be, a, you know, an, an educated art major or a graphic designer because we would help you hire and train people who would produce the work using computers. And, and that was pretty easy to do, you know, from the very beginning because computers are used in almost all the schools today, taught in all the schools today. And from my 10-year-old grandson down to about my six-year-old granddaughter, you know, all of them are probably much more computer literate than, you know, in certain things than I am. And so that's, that's just a part of the, the nature of the business today. So, but did I see it coming, Steve? You know, no, I, I couldn't have predicted back in 1986 when I was putting graphics on the side of a truck, someday I'm going to help people sell their businesses. You know, there was no direct correlation there, but I, I believe that, you know, you, you, there are two types of people in the world. Number one, they're the people that life happens to. And number two, they're the people that make life happen. And I don't, I prefer not to be a number one in that respect. I prefer to be a person that makes life happen. So you set goals for yourself. You put a plan together. You have to be flexible in the goals because you don't certainly control everything that's going to happen. But I think having a clearly set um, idea of where you want to get to. And I knew that at some point, yes, I would want to be in business for myself. That was always part of the dream what it was going to be that I was going to be doing. If you would have asked me that 15 years ago, I would have told you I would have been a sign and graphics business owner. I would have bought a Signorama and just done that because, you know, after 30 years of doing it, you hope you could go out and do it yourself if you've been teaching other people how to do it. Uh, but in this case, you know, there was a different opportunity presenting itself. And so you, know, you got to be opportunistic too. When the opportunity comes, you grab it. Absolutely. I think you've answered this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What do you like best about what you do? What, what do I like best? I like helping the people. I like helping folks that, you know, maybe they've already built a business up. 
They've ridden that wave to a certain, you know, to a certain point. And now they're saying it's time for me to exit. Maybe I'm going to retire. Maybe I'm going to spend more time with my family. Maybe I'm going to buy, buy an island in the Caribbean. Whatever it is that they're out to do, let me help them get there. And at the same time, because of what we do is, as, as Transworld Business Advisors, we're also helping those folks maybe on the exit side, and you're helping someone else come in on the entrance side. And, uh, and going to be helping them, you know, explore the American dream of business ownership, becoming an entrepreneur, uh, being their own boss, you know, running their own schedule, making their own, calling their own shots. And a lot of folks want to be able to do that. I mean, you see, you see it as much as I do, more and more buyers in the market today saying, you know, I don't want to work for somebody else and have them controlling, you know, my future. I want to be in control of my future myself. And if I'm not going to work, it's going to be because I choose not to work, not because someone came to me and said, hey, we're downsizing, we're laying people off, we're furloughing people, whatever the flavor of the month is, uh, the term of the month that they're using now. So I, I really enjoy the, the, the assisting the buyers and the sellers and navigating through, you know, as we were talking about before we started today, no, no, no two deals are exactly the same. So there's always that, you know, kind of like I look at it like it's a big puzzle and you're making the puzzle pieces fit. And there's some, there's some skill to that and there's some excitement to it. So when you're meeting with either your sell side clients and your buy side clients and they ask you the question, what makes you different from the rest? How do you respond to that? <laughs> Good question. Well, in fact, we were just today, today's Thursday, and uh, just finished up with our agents. We do agent training every Thursday. And uh, one of the topics we had today was the seller uh, meeting, the original meeting we had with the seller. And, you know, one of the things that makes a uh, trans world different are, is number one, the way we're going to work for that, for that seller in this case, uh, they're not going to find somebody who's going to work harder to get that deal done and present the business the right way, find the buyer, screen the buyer, et cetera. You know, a lot of times a typical broker is they're going to make certain, they're going to make certain, uh, they're going to take certain steps that are going to be different than the way trans world is. So, you know, first and foremost, maybe they're charging upfront fees, contingency fees, et cetera. And I've seen those five, 10, $15,000 or more, sometimes with an ongoing monthly expense tied to it. So there's a lot of cash outlay for the, for the seller before he's gotten even any traction in the business whatsoever. The second piece being that oftentimes they make, they're inconsistent in their messaging. So maybe they're, they're not marketing the business in a consistent way across all the different platforms that they may be putting in the business in front of buyers that way, or they may not have uh, excellent marketing. So I've seen actually had some of our clients say to us, they had worked previously with a business broker who simply put their listing up on Craigslist or Facebook and maybe one or two listing sites and sometimes has done it with the client's company name and address and completely blown the confidentiality, which is not something that we would do, obviously. We go through an entire uh, marketing uh, proposal with a new lister, uh, with a new listing age, uh, sorry, a new listing client or a new seller. And the marketing that Transworld does and our office does consists of things that are probably not typical for most of the other uh, most of the other brokers out there. So, you know, simple things like performing a broker opinion of value for the client that really doesn't know what the business is going to be worth. How much should we market the business for? And uh, we want to give them a lot of confidence as the seller that they're going to market with a value that is going to be accepted in the marketplace and people aren't going to look at it and go, wow, that's way too high. What's that guy thinking about? Or at the same time, you know, they've put a lot of time, effort, and energy into building their customer base, building their people, probably building a brand. And so we want to make sure that they get the biggest return on that investment that they've made over the years. 
So you, you want to go to market with, with the price that is accurate. So we're going to go, go through that service. Obviously, creating a, you know, a business listing information, a one teaser sheet, an executive summary. Uh, we do the email blast. We put it out through the Transworld Hot Relocatable Opportunities or a Throw Pro system. And you know, having 250 offices with over 600 agents and brokers around the world brings a lot more buyers than you might find with just a local broker. And maybe somebody's in the commercial real estate side, and that's all they do is commercial real estate, and occasionally they do a business deal. We're really focusing on the business side of things. We create a, you know, a promotional video for our clients and the listings, and that's something that most brokers, they haven't even thought of. So when we put all of the different, there's about a dozen different marketing proposals and marketing uh, strategies that we put in front of a new listing engagement they can clearly see what makes Transworld different than anybody else maybe they've spoken to. Absolutely. So what would you say your highest professional achievement is to date? Yeah, well, you know, there's, I think the first thing is being in business for yourself. I would have to say that that after 34 years of being in the corporate side of things and having climbed the ladder, so to speak, you know, it's, it's a good story, I think, from our perspective. Started in the first store, 1986, sweeping floors, making signs, to the point where you become the president of the brand, you know, some 20 plus years later, and then even graduating beyond that to becoming the president of United Franchise Group, reporting directly to the CEO and the owner, that professional perspective, you know, I don't think anybody would look at it and go, wow, underachiever, okay? But that came because of uh, a lot of the support from the franchisees and a lot of support from the other people on the team. Certainly not because of all the great things that JT did. I'm, I'm, I am where I am today because of the people who were around me helping me get there, you know, and then being able to transfer that over into saying, okay, so you've gone through the corporate side of things and been able to, to become successful and help others to do the same. And then being able to make that transition over to be a business owner some folks say, you know, you go from the franchisor to becoming a franchisee. A, you must really believe in the system, which I do. And B, welcome to the dark side. So I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if I left the dark side and went to the light side or vice versa. But I think uh, really a professional moment for me is being able to have left United Franchise Group successfully with successors in place that Sinorama could continue to grow with some fresh blood, some new thinking. Um, the, 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 uh, the new president of Sinorama was with me for three years being groomed to take over. But once he took over, I just stepped out and said, it's yours now. I will help you any way I can, but go do it your way. You know, don't, don't, you don't feel like you have to go do it my way. And uh, so I think that was a, a great moment for us. And then being able to just be out here and doing this on our own and building a brand new team and helping a whole new group of people that I never would have had contact with had I stayed the other course. So a couple of pieces of advice I want you to relate uh, to some of our uh, listeners and our readers. What advice do you give a business owner in terms of when you first meet with them and prepping them to sell? And have you ever met a seller that maybe is too premature to go to market? Sure. Well, you know, one of the things that I, I learned early on when I was watching our Sinorama franchisees and several of them who eventually sold their business, as most franchise owners will do somewhere down the line, one particular couple had run their business for 14 years and then they sold it. And in an interview with them, we asked them, you know, so when did you start thinking about selling? And Rich and Sonia's answer were the day we opened. We, we did everything from day one with the end game in sight that someday we're going to sell the business. So let's set up all of the structures, all of the processes, all of the people 
so that when that day arrives, we're already prepared. And I don't think you can start that process too soon. Right. And I guess it's, you know, it kind of goes back to what Stephen Covey says in the seven habits of highly effective people, right? Begin with the end in mind. And so if you know that that's part of what your exit strategy is going to be, whether that's five years from now or 25 years from now, it doesn't make a difference. Work towards that, aim towards that. Another great book, if you're an entrepreneur and you're just starting out, or maybe you've been one for a long time, is uh, Michael Gerber's The E-Myth Revisited. And really what he talks about there is putting the systems and processes in place so that you're working on the business, not in it, and that you're running the business and the business is not running you. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. Let's go on the other side of the fence. Let's talk to the world about the buyer's perspective. So I'm sure over the course of Mm -hmm. your career, you've represented buyers looking on the inside of a selling client. What advice do you give buyers when they're looking at businesses? What do you tell them to do? Sure. So, well, you know, there's there's probably a a number of things on that list. But the first is when we're helping buyers, we want to first and foremost understand what their objective is. This is still beginning with the end in mind, same question. Why are you doing this? You know, what's your motivation? I think Simon Sinek says, you know, begin with why, you know, start with why. So what is the why? Well, what's the motivation for you wanting to go out and buy this business? Is it, you know, a wealth building tool? Are you expanding your own portfolio? Are you doing it because you want a business that you can hand down to your you know, your children, you want to leave some kind of a legacy? Is it just an acquisition that's being made to expand the base of business that you already have? Everybody's motivation is going to be different, but everybody has a motivation. That's the first piece. So helping us understand the why so that we can then point them in the right direction and put the right opportunities in front of them, which is the second piece, you know, let's, let's help you select the, the opportunity that fits you and matches up with your objective, what you're trying to accomplish. And then I, I'd say the third thing is, you know, we got to make sure we've, we, we know what your why is. We tick the boxes and what the right business is that you're looking for. And then the third thing is understand the industry that you're looking at and the due diligence process that's going to need to take place to make sure that this, everything that you've had represented to you about the business, the due diligence process just basically gives the seller the opportunity to prove all that. And so having a, a good advisor and a good team of advisors, that might be a broker, that might be certainly legal team, it might be a financial team, having those advisors around them, don't go it alone and try and think, you know, you got to figure out all the, you got to think about what all the questions are that you should be asking now, get other people around you who are smarter than you and have their own areas of expertise and they can help you navigate through to the best ultimate outcome. Sounds good. So this is an interesting question. Have you ever had an opportunity where you're either meeting a seller or meeting a buyer? Have you ever turned down an opportunity to help them going forward? And what would the reason be for that? Sure. The answer is yes. And both on buyer and seller. So she had built a business up over 20 years. And part of the business was a florist business where they were doing fresh flowers, they were doing silk flower arrangements, et cetera. And that was probably 80% of the business. And then they had a 20% piece of the business in the same exact building, but they did events there. So they would host, you know, weddings and receptions and birthday parties, et cetera. Obviously they could do all the flower arrangements and so on. And this was part of their existing commercial property, but it was probably 20% of the revenue, but 80% of her headache. And so I think that's why the, the advisor said, you should probably jettison this piece and just concentrate over here. So we met a few times and talked about what the objectives were, what's the why, what are you trying to accomplish, et cetera, and got all the way down to the part where we were ready to sign the marketing agreement. She said to me, you know, I'll, I'll have it 
fine by Thursday. And I said, that's fine. Knowing me, if I don't hear from you by Friday, I'll give you a courtesy call. Well, Friday morning came, I hadn't heard. And so I called her and I said, you know, hey, I just wanted to give you a courtesy call, follow up on where we are in the process. You were going to have that completed. And she said, I'm glad you called me. Last night, I was sitting in my driveway, ready to sign the paper. And I started to cry. And I thought, I haven't heard that yet, but let me, <laughs> let's un, un, unpack that a little bit and understand what's going on. And she said, you know, I just started thinking if I sell this and there's somebody that comes in, they're going to be in my building. They're going to be right, running my old business. And what if they don't do it the right way? What if they don't take care of the brides the way we would have taken care of the bride? I'm going to have to watch this unfold and I'm not sure I'm going to be able to bite my tongue, et cetera, et cetera. So I said, all right, so let's do that. Let's pause for a second. And let's get together and have a conversation about, you know, that advice that you got from your, from your wealth advisor, your financial advisor. And so we, we booked the time, we had another cup of coffee and I said, let's put the sale off to the side for a second. Tell me what you think, what does this whole thing look like for you five years from now, 10 years from now, begin with the end in mind. I always go back to that same thing. And so uh, through that conversation, I said to her, have you ever done a strategic plan? Have you ever thought about what you want it to look like when you're done. And she said, no, I've had it for 20 years. I've never thought about it that way. I said, okay, well, if you'd like to do that, I can help you. She said, do you have a program that does that? I said, I do. I've done strategic planning, you know, my entire corporate career. You could certainly transcend that over into what you're doing in Transworld. So long story short is we wound up doing three sessions, one with her, one with her and her manager, and then one with her and her manager and her entire team and laid out a five-year game plan, which included making some changes to that 20% part of the business. Uh, and today she hasn't sold any of it. But I know that when she's ready, okay, we're going to be the ones she calls. So it's not that every appointment is about, we had another circumstance where the person wanted to sell it. But the bottom line is they were selling out of desperation. That's not a good position to be in. And so we said, look, let's not do that. Let's instead put a game plan together where they're saying, I want to sell it. I need to sell it, but I got to get this for it. Well, there's a disparity between those two places. So either A, you got to sell it and you don't care how much you get, or B, you don't really have to sell it because you want this much. Let's come up with a game plan to get your sales and your profits to the point where you can get that much for it. And then we put it on the market. And so sometimes that's what you do. Yeah, that sounds like perfect advice because you're right. Sometimes you have to know. And again, it goes back to your point. You have to know what the end is and then you... Uh, yeah. So we're running up to about our end time, 30 minutes. I want to make sure that if there's anything we haven't covered, is there something you want to tell the audience? Again, the whole thought process is building better businesses, getting maximum value out of either buying or selling. What, what haven't we covered that you want the world to know? Yeah, well, you know, you go back to the begin with end in mind thing again, and, and I, I alluded to it in the beginning, having some goals. Look, this doesn't have only to do with business, okay? Because being a business owner is a part of who you are. It's not only who you are. You know, you're a person before you're a business owner. You're a person before you're a parent. You're a person before you're a husband or wife or a spouse or a significant other. You're an individual first. So what does your plan for you look like? And then how do we make these steps fit into that plan? And, you know, I'm a big fan, as I said earlier, of, you know, learning's never out for the professional. I've been a Brian Tracy fan for a long time. So if you're, your readers or listeners, you know, don't know Brian, he's got some really pragmatic information available if you just go to Brian Tracy's website. 
I've listened to Brian Tracy for the last 20 years. I've listened to Zig Ziglar. I've listened to, listened to you know, Tom Hopkins and certainly Tony Robbins. And, you know, the list goes on and on. Jim Rohn, Les Brown, you can just make a laundry list of those people. But they all have a different way of delivering the same message. And that is there are two people in life, okay, the people that life happens to and the people that make life happen. Be a person that makes life happen. But in order to do that, you got to have a clear goal. Where am I trying to get to? And then you need a game plan and the discipline to follow it step by step, day by day, to get where you want to get to. Yeah, I'm hearing this, but not directly from you, JT. Accountability is critical, whether it be accountability to yourself, having other people help you be accountable. I've learned during the course of my career that I can't do it alone. I'm not a subject expert about everything. So that's why you depend on others to kind of feed you. And you talk about learning. Always continue to learn. I tell you, if I didn't know about Venmo, my kids would still owe me a ton of money. Otherwise, I would not get paid. <laughs> Honest to God, they've got a checking account. Never wrote a check, but they do pay me electronically. Yeah. I have learned to learn that method because otherwise, I'd have five-digit liabilities on my books. <laughs> You'd have a, a lot on your balance sheet under the liability <laughs> column, right? And it was said, so we're going to close here, JT. Yeah. Yes, We're going to close here. I want you to tell us how we can get a hold of you. Easiest way to get in touch with me is either by email or phone. First, my direct line is 864 area code 315-8998, 864-315-8998. And uh, for anyone that likes to send through email, you can get me at jttatum at tworld.com. So that's A as in alpha, T as in tango, E as in echo, M as in Mike at tworld.com. Thank you so much, JT. I appreciate you sharing. My pleasure, Stephen. I'm sure we learned a lot out of that. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Thanks for having us, Stephen. The Building Better Business podcast is the best place to learn how to take your business to the next level. It's no longer enough to earn good profits. You need to develop a network of connections as well as use all types of marketing to your advantage that will put you over the edge. Hosted by me, Steve Eschbach, a financial executive with decades of experience in dealing with businesses and business people, we'll learn how this all comes together. Join me and my expert guests as we delve into the many facets of owning the business and how to become a good, caring business owner. Listen how making a difference in your community can attract all sorts of clientele, which in turn will build you a better business.